Hello and welcome to the Heavenbound Podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus and we are opening the Bible in search of fuel for your spiritual journey. This is where we talk about life, the way it was meant to be, and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus in the 21st century. Thank you so much for joining us on the journey. This month, we are looking at what we call the hard sayings of Jesus. There are statements that Jesus says that just seems difficult, and we're kind of exploring those. And we began last week by talking about a passage where he says, anyone who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom. And today we're going to, we're going to follow a similar one. This is found in Luke chapter 14, where three times Jesus uses the expression, you cannot be my disciple. Now, you know, that kind of seems a little troubling that Jesus would say that. Because on one hand, we might think, well, everyone, Jesus wants everyone, and he has no limitations, everyone can be a disciple. Or we might go to the other extreme, thinking because of who Jesus is, no one can be his disciple. But in this, we're going to read about this con- this uh, conflict that Jesus wants us to see some principles about the idea of discipleship with Jesus. Let's read it now. Luke 14, we begin in verse 25 and go down to verse 33. Luke 14, verse 25. Now, large crowds were going along with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me, he cannot be my disciple. For which one of you, when he wants to build a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he's laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who observe it begin to ridicule him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, when he sets out to meet another king in battle, will not first sit down and consider whether he is strong enough with 10,000 men to encounter the one who's coming against him with 20,000? Or else, while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So then, none of you can be my disciple who does not give up all his own possessions. So there are three times in this section Jesus is talking about uh, what we may say is, is requirements of being a disciple. And if you don't meet those requirements, you cannot be my disciple. It sure does seem to me as you think through these three different, uh, okay, first of all, father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters. Okay, so uh, the, these very close relationships that we have. And then picking up a cross, and then renouncing all that you have. Don't you get the sense, Roger, that Jesus is really getting us to think what matters most? It is a question of priorities in our lives. Absolutely. And so let, let's go through these three and talk about them. And, and hopefully this will be helpful for all of our listeners as we consider what Jesus is saying here. So he begins in 26, once again, reading this, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Immediately, my first thought is, if you're a follower of God, you're not supposed to hate anybody. Yeah. And so, and, and of all things, 
you don't think we should hate our family. You know, we got passages like honor your father and mother and so many verses like that. And so it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> this doesn't belong in our Bibles. And what in the world is Jesus saying here? I am thankful that we have an almost exact parallel in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 10. Because if all that we had was Luke chapter 14, I'm, I'm with you. I would be really scratching my head. But from what I understand, this was a way, a a Semitic expression, Semitic, just uh, talking about the language, the, the manner of speaking that this people group would use for loving more or loving less. And that is the way that Matthew uses uh, the same figure in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 37, he has, whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And so when we realize, okay, there were expressions of speech back then, just like we have expressions of speech today, but then especially when we're able to read a parallel account in Matthew's gospel, what Jesus clearly is getting at is, listen, if I call you to follow me and you decide to instead follow the lead of a father who is not honoring me or allow a spouse to pull you away from following me, if you put any human relationship before me, You cannot be my disciple because a disciple is not just something in word. It's not just an empty descriptor or title. A disciple is a learner and a follower. I I see this like a man standing at a crossroads or an intersection. His family's going to the left. Jesus is going to the right. Both of them are calling him, hey, come with me, follow me. And he's stuck there right in the middle. Do I follow my family who I love so dearly or do I follow my Savior who died for me? And what Jesus is saying is you can't turn to the left and follow that family and still be a disciple of me. And that's what he's talking about. Now, in implied in all this is not just doing things with my family. I think implied with this is going a different direction than Jesus is going. Jesus wants me to go right. My family wants to go left. Jesus wants me to be holy. My family is saying, let's have this party, and we're going to be unholy. Jesus is saying, let's go to worship, and my family says, let's not go to worship. So we're not we're not saying here, okay, you know, family wants me to go to a movie with them. Let's go bowling. Let's sit down and, and just play some games at home. I can't do any of that. No, that's not what this is about. This is about making choices that's going to involve my spiritual life. Do I follow Jesus or do I follow my family? And what is interesting is Jesus pulled out of all the relationships we have, and we have multiple levels of relationships, the nearest and the dearest to our hearts. I mean, had he put in there your coworker, yeah, no big deal, you know, my coworker, my neighbor. Well, I I can live without my neighbor. It's okay, (laughs) you know. But our fam, our parents, our children, our brothers and our sisters, our siblings, he pulls the closest relationship to us, and if they are trying to pull me away from Jesus, this is a priority issue. Who comes first, my family 
or my Lord. Yeah, it is a practical application of right there in the heart of the Sermon on the Mount, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, not first in the sense of order, right? That, well, on the first day of the week, I'm going to seek the kingdom of God. And then Monday through Saturday, I'm going to do whatever it is I want to do. No, it's, it's a, a priority. It is an issue of complete commitment. I am first and foremost a servant of King Jesus. And because I am a servant of King Jesus above and beyond everything else, that impacts how I live as a husband, as a father, as a son, as a daughter, as a mother, as a wife, whomever I I am. It is forever, hopefully, dispelling this foolish idea that, well, I've got a God box over here in one corner of my life, and then I've got a box over here with all the other stuff. No, it's I can't compartmentalize God. He is ruler and Lord overall. And and what's interesting, by the very definition of discipleship, if I follow my family and I'm not following Jesus, I've really dis- just destroyed the definition of discipleship. Yeah. concept of a disciple is I'm being mentored or I follow the master. And if a master says go right and everyone else is going left and I go left, I've just given up that definition to qualify what really makes me a disciple. And I can't do that. Now, practically, okay, we got to think about this. Family comes in from out of town and, okay, Sunday morning, what am I going to do? Am I going to get up and go to worship? Well, they don't go to worship. Well, am I going to stay home with them or am I going to go to worship? That's kind of what this is talking about, isn't it? Family comes into town, and they want me to do some things that I would never normally do on my own, and they're not right. Am I going to do what family does because I don't want to upset family, or am I going to do what Jesus says? That's just some of the things that this means. And, and again, it calls to us that Jesus is saying you can't have it both ways. you got to follow me. I have to be first. It's interesting to me, Roger, that he moves from that if you love son or daughter, father, mother, whomever it is more than me, you cannot be my disciple to bearing a cross. Doesn't that immediately give us the sense this is not always going to be an easy thing to do? Absolutely. And, of course, the idea of a cross was sacrifice. Nobody came came down from the cross alive. Whoever went to the cross died. It, it was a it was an instrument of execution used by the Romans in that time period. And what Jesus is saying here is whoever does not carry his own cross. You don't carry Jesus' cross. He carried that cross. We have our own cross to carry. And what we need to see is, is the symbolism here between our cross and the Lord's cross. A cross was a sacrifice, something that we offer to God. I've heard people say, you know, I've got a mean temper, and that's my cross. No, that's your sin. <laughs> or, or I have a handicapped child, and that's my cross. No, you didn't choose that. That was given to you. A cross is something that you have chosen to carry, something you willingly give up. And so what he's describing here is the sacrifices we make in our life for Jesus. I choose to put Jesus first. I choose to live holy. I choose to do what God wants me to do. I give up my time. I give up my money. I'm making sacrifices for the Lord. That is my cross that I and only I can carry. Well, it's helpful to remember this is not the first time even in Luke's gospel that this language has come up. Just a few chapters before in Luke 9, 23, Jesus said to all, 
if anyone would come after me, that's the language of discipleship, right? Let him deny himself. And it sure does seem like that's at the heart of everything we're talking about today. Deny myself, take up his cross daily and follow me. For, listen to this language, whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? Jesus is not literally physically calling every single person that would ever claim to be his disciple to be physically crucified. But Luke 9 helps us to understand denying yourself. To borrow from Paul much later in the New Testament, putting self to death, right? I have been crucified with Christ, and now it is no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me. The life I'm living, I'm living for him. That's the anthem of a disciple of Jesus Christ. And he's not talking about jewelry here. I, I wear a silver cross around my neck. No, he's he's talking about literal sacrifices, giving up things that we need to do. And Jesus says, whoever does not do that cannot be my disciple. Again, hard words from Jesus. But again, getting us to have our eyes open that there's a sacrifice and a priority connected to this. Now, there's a third example in verse 33. So therefore, any of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. When you hear that, Roger, what's coming to your mind? Well, again, it's this idea of priorities. And it's the idea of putting the Lord first. Uh, we have an actual example of this in, in Matthew 19 when a rich young ruler came to Jesus and wanted to know why he had to have eternal life. After running through the commandments, Jesus understood that he, his possessions was his God. He told him to go and sell all that he had, give it to the poor, and follow him, but he walked away. He could not do that. And so anything, any possession, any item, any person that comes between me and Jesus is going to be a trouble, and it's going to keep me from being what God wants me to be. So, you know, if I can't live without my Dodgers, okay, I better give up my Dodgers, okay, <laughs> so I can go to heaven. That's it. That's the implication he's making here as we think about the idea of giving up your possessions. Nobody, no thing, not even my own self, must come before King Jesus. And right in the middle, you know, we, we've noticed the language about family. We've noticed the language about taking up a cross. We've noticed renouncing all that you have. Right in the middle is this little parable of building a tower. What was that all about? Well, you know, he uses this language of calculating. Uh, and if you've ever built a house or remodeled, the, the two things people tell you is it, it always takes longer and costs more than you expected. <laughs> so here's a guy who sat down and he's hired somebody to, to build him this tower and he ran out of money. It, it costs more than he was figuring it was going to cost. And so he has an uncompleted tower. And everyone sees that and kind of makes fun of him. Uh, and the point is, you, sh you should have put some thought into this. You should have realized how much it's going to cost before you signed off and began the project. 
Uh, here's somebody who, who, in the language of Jesus here, is setting out to be a disciple of Jesus. But he didn't, he didn't realize all that's involved with this. He didn't involve the, the responsibility and the obligation and all the things that God wants him to do. And so he stops, and he doesn't complete it. And everyone is going to mock him and make fun of him because he didn't finish what he started. Or there's the king, right, who there is a, an approaching army and he thinks he knows exactly what he has, what he needs to withstand this, and he's not counting the cost is the, the key phrase there. It, it sure does seem to me like Jesus is trying to help us understand. Listen, confessing me is not a one-time thing. Being my disciple is not for a weekend or a season or a portion of your life. What I'm calling you to do, what I'm calling you to be, this is a manner of life. This is a lifestyle. I want you to understand, in order to be my disciple, you have to be all in for life. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. Jesus is wanting them to enter this with their eyes open. There's not going to be any surprises. That's why the man makes a calculation before he builds. That's why the king considers how many troops he has before he goes off to battle. Jesus wants your eyes open to see what's involved. The world is not going to put you up on their shoulders and say, yes, you are a child of God. The world's going to scorn you and and turn against you. You you may have people near and dear to you who will not appreciate your walking with Jesus. Go in with your eyes open. Know that there's sacrifices. Know what's involved. But Jesus wants us to be his disciple. But you can't go in half-hearted. You can't go in on your terms. Jesus, here's what's going to be. I'm going to give you Sundays, but I get to call the rest of the shots. Not going to happen. Not going to happen at all. We don't have Jesus in, in the cold co-seat with us, beside us. You know, there was a famous book written years and years ago called God is My Co-Pilot. Terrible title, okay? It should be God's the pilot. I'm the co-pilot. God's the one who's flying this, not me. And so that's what the Lord's trying to get us to see here. Difficult saints, difficult life, but it can be done, and he wants us to do it, but he wants us to do it as a disciple, a follower of him. Tough saying that would have turned off a lot of people, right? But if somehow we could interact with one of these people who gave Jesus their all 2,000 years ago, and we could ask them today, was it worth it? <laughs> Can you imagine how they would just chuckle and say, you have no idea? how worth it it was. Tough sayings of Jesus. We appreciate you thinking through these with us. We're halfway there nearly. We have five of these in the month of September. If you missed last Friday's, it's freely available in our podcast feed. Lord willing, we have three more to go. But Roger, I appreciate you joining me today. We appreciate all of you for listening to the Heaven Bound Podcast. We hope our little discussion has helped you set your mind on things above and given you a little more fuel for your journey. Always remember, when you're walking with Jesus, you are heaven bound and the best is yet to come. <music> 